is Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny on the Revelations Radio Network. Podcasting to you from the foggy forest of Meadowdale, Washington, where I am currently wearing a propaganda t-shirt. I'm one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And from Hood River, Oregon, on the eve of the Masters, I'm Andrew Hoffman. That's right. It's a big golf week this week, isn't it? It is. Big week to be a fan of golf. Yes. Probably the best week to be a fan of golf. I would agree. I would agree. So, uh, yeah, we're a little late doing our show. We were going to do it on Monday, but things just didn't work out. And so here we are, a little bit delayed. Hopefully I can still get the podcast out in a timely manner. It's one of the hard parts. i gotta, I, I got to start t- taking a, a, a cue from No Agenda and, and uh, Horowat, or Horowitz and Dvorak Unplugged. They just straight to tape, put it out, done. You know, you're in, you're, in, you're out, you're done. Perfect. I, I we just, there's always so much editing I do to make it sound better, but le- I have less and less time, so I might just start throwing throwing them out. You know, see what see what it's like, see if we get any complaints. Anybody out there has any uh, opinions on that? Uh, maybe we'll do this one as a trial show since it's a short week for me to get turnaround, and then I can hear about it uh, from 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 the listeners out there. See if there's any difference. How are you going to edit out my rampant cussing? <laughs> Your rampant cursing. Well, it, I mean, the, the ongoing joke of this show is I, of course, try to make you look as stupid as possible and me as smart as possible. And I do a pretty good job of that still with the editing. But now, like I said, it's always just the ums and the, well, hold on. I can't find it. Why did this ad pop up? Uh, stuff like yes. that. So anyway, uh, you were here last week. You were not here the week before. Did you get a chance to check out the episode with Dr. Future? I did, yes. Okay, okay. Much of it. Much of it. Much of it. Yes. Well, it was a, a very uh, brief episode. So, so uh, only about the first 10 hours or so. so. <laughs> well, I've been wanting to talk about this, and uh, the the opportunity has presented itself this week, so... I'm going to go ahead and read an email that was sent to me, uh, from, actually sent to both of us through our website. I think that you got it as well. So, uh, you wanna, You're leading off with the email? I mean, I don't know. I, I think we could lead off with that one and then and hit, and hit the, the other one next and then move on to other things. Or I mean, what do you think? That's fine. Why not? As, 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 uh, I've just been wanting to talk about it, man. I called you several times wanting to talk about that episode and... I've just been wanting to talk about it. So, uh, let's see. <clears throat> this is from our listener. He said we can read his his uh, email on the air, which we're about to do. Uh, he gave his his full name, but I'll just say his first name. His name is Barry. He said regarding episode one nine nine, or excuse me, one nine two, the Mad Monk Doctor Future interview. I can appreciate a lot of what Doctor Future is saying about Donald Trump, his whoredoms, his nefarious background, his questionable allegiances, and his moral character. However, after an hour plus of constant and severe Trump bashing, it was disappointing that you left so many questions on the table, never really challenging Dr. Future like a good interviewer should, but rather proverbial massaging, proverbially massaging his feet pretty much the whole time. 
Was Dr. Future suggesting that we would be better off with the lying witch, demonic spirit, cooking, pedophilia, island, Haitian, sorcery, satanic ritual abuse, murdering sociopath, Hillary Clinton? If the evangelical vote had stayed home, then we would have got the she-devil with a thousand percent certainty. Trump's real agenda was still in question. There's only a 90% likelihood that he was a demon, which is 10% less likely than with Hillary. Many other challenging questions could have been posed to Dr. Future during his anti-Trump solution tirade notwithstanding. Try to get better at your craft, which would include probing and critical questions with follow-ups, not just letting your guests ramble on completely unopposed, no matter how much you admire his apparent leftist lunacy. <laughs> E.g. his return to the minimum wage stance, and if the left got the... Uh, uh, $15 to $20 minimum wage they want. They would put small businesses out of, uh, they, small businesses would fail, cause, causing more economic harm than good. And many other failed leftist ideas spoken about by Dr. Future in Paths episodes notwithstanding. I love your show, I, but I had to comment here. Thanks for listening. Uh, BC. I guess we should have referred to him as BC. So there we go. Um, so I just wanted to say I appreciated the email. Literally, it's the only feedback we got on that show. And uh, I think, honestly, I had a lot of the same concerns that you did. But, um, you know, I think Andrew and I spoke about this just briefly. Uh, and, and that is we don't really do like a hard-hitting interview. It's mainly just we kind of get on here and uh, we do a... Uh, a we usually it's, don't do interviews. Right. We don't period. do interviews at all. It's kind of just an opinion piece. Like a lot of it's our opinion on what's happening. It's just our slant, our specific bent on the news. So uh, that that all being said, uh, also the, uh, you know, when you agree with somebody on almost everything for such a long period of time, and then all of a sudden you talk to them after a little while and you don't agree with them on a lot of stuff, it makes it hard to question uh, for one. Also, Dr. Future is a friend of mine. Like, you know, we were, we were not doing a show and I called him at the last minute and said, Hey, would you do a show? He comes on and he kind of, you know, surprised me with the, the way he was talking, but I can't just like fire back at him and you know, he's my buddy. Right. So honestly, Mr. BC, I a hundred percent agree with you. The podcast could have been better. I could have handled that interview better, but I didn't. And that's where we are right now. Right? Like, you say get better aircraft, and I totally agree that was not the best podcast it could have been. However, when I, when it comes to getting better at my craft, there's a few things ahead of it. Like right now, I would rather be like I'm trying to be like a better husband, <laughs> a better father, better salesperson, follower of God. And then somewhere between podcaster and uh, half marathon runner, you know, that's where I would be a better interviewer. <laughs> so it's just it, it, it is what it is. I understand where you're coming from. It was hard to oppose him. I didn't feel good about the uh, show when it went out. But, you know, he's a buddy of mine, and that's kind of the other view of it. You know, Andrew, uh, you and I talked a little bit about this, and we see a lot of the left and how they're, like, Trump bashing constantly. I feel like Dr. Future may live down in Nashville, where it's a lot more uh, conservative Christian right aligning with Trump and, uh, you know, just worshiping the ground he walks on. And so that's kind of what he's firing back at. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think I think to to your point, uh, first of all, just because you don't jump all over somebody doesn't necessarily mean you agree with them. And there's uh, 
you know, there's different interview styles, and there are kind of the, like the Tucker Carlson, uh, bring someone on you disagree with, and then just ask them the same question over and over again, while they repeat the same talking point over and over again, and laugh at them and end the interview. So there's that style. Uh, that's not so much your style or our style. So that's, um, yeah, I get it. And, you know, you, <laughs> you called me up and had some, some basically kind of a, a similar take on it. Um, um, you were surprised and then you were a little concerned about someone having that reaction of you not kind of questioning much of it, even though you may have disagreed. So, um, I guess don't take everything everything that isn't uh, met head on with disagreement as, as agreement, you know, you get, you get plenty people who listen to our podcast, get plenty of our opinions. So in some ways you get uh, kind of a, a, a different opinion. Uh, you just got it all at once on one episode, which, so. which Dr. Future is, is want to do, right. He's the, he's, he's known to, to do that he kind of compiles it all and puts it into a i hate to use the word brief (laughs) (laughs) uh but then he just he hits you upside the head with it and and then you gotta deal with it so bc i appreciate your email i really do i had a lot of the same concerns you did i'm i agree it could have been a better podcast but i'm sorry not sorry (laughs) it's just the way it is right now so um moving on uh we got another email from uh somebody who calls himself Chris, so we can actually say that. And I thought this would be a good email to actually read really quick, and then we could start down a certain direction that, you know, we could head, you know, kind of get going on our show this week. Uh, Good morning, Tim and Andrew. A couple of quick questions and thoughts. Do you still consider Donald Trump to be an outsider? Is he some sort of blip on the radar of the folks behind the scenes running the world's agenda, or is he being president still all part of their plan? I get the sense listening to your podcast, I've been a long-time listener and so glad you guys are back, that you sort of believe he is a chink in the armor of real politicians, but maybe I'm wrong. I guess I see all sorts of ways that Trump has hit in, excuse me, has fit in nicely for advancing agendas and creating division, which always helps keep folks in the dark about the real happenings behind the scenes. People keep fighting over stuff and are entertained so they won't question why the very few control so much. Another question, as Christians, should we play, should race play a factor in how one views Trump? Exclamation point. Is race an, another tactic used by liberals to throw folks off the real issue? Or is race, a, uh, is race and race relations valid concerns in 2018? Um, Andrew, I, I, I felt like this is a lot of what our show has been over the last few months is kind of answering some of these questions and how we feel about this stuff. So I just thought it was a kind of a concise way to answer it. Uh, do you still consider Donald Trump to be an outsider being the first question? I'm going to throw that one in your direction, Mr. Hoffman. Um, I, I do because I, I think the, that him winning was not, was not the plan. Okay. Um, I think plan a was Jeb versus Hillary you know, take your pick, America. You get the choice between Jeb Bush and Hillary Clinton. Right. Um, and then the, actually the Clinton campaign, you know, looking back on some of this stuff in hindsight, I think they probably had uh, like the Access Hollywood tape 
well in advance. Right. Not not like directly, but knew it was there, knew it could get put out there. And they they probably knew about other, you know, Trump dirt, uh, whether from the the dossier or other sources. Um, and I mean, is there anyone who didn't think there was Trump dirt? <laughs> no. Like, okay, let's see. A guy who's been married three times is really rich and materialistic, uh, owns casinos, um, you know, on the cover of Playboy magazine. This is not someone who I think anyone thought, like, perfect example of a conservative Christian right there. He's he's the one. So I, I think... Um, I think Hillary's campaign thought, oh, please let us run against Donald Trump. Right. And and then, I, you know, whether it was agreed to or just they thought they had the dirt and would win. Um, obviously, I think the plan was clearly for Hillary to win by hook or by crook. And for Trump to win, um, definitely not necessarily threw off the powers that be, but it was definitely not the desired outcome of that presidential election as far as, you know, the establishment, either either Republican establishment, Democrat, or the New World Order establishment above that. Um, and I'll just give some examples. Uh, fake news. Right. Actually questioning the media. Right, people not well, here, believing the media. Can can I jump in real quick? I just want to give mine because you're you're already you're already kind of jumping in on, okay. on kind of what I wanted to say. But I will say, do I still consider Trump to be an outsider? And I will say yes and no. And I think yes for all the reasons you're about to go over. I feel like Hillary was the uh, you know we we often talk about the uh, what's the what's the word the inner power the the hidden power you know the real power in in government i think hillary clinton was clearly the cia slash news media uh chosen winner and i think that the the cia had picked barack obama and put him in office and then he put the banksters in and the media played along that it's our first black president and isn't that amazing Uh, yes if it was only that yes it's amazing however everything else that went down horrible um, I think that the CIA's plan was, here we go, we're going to put her in, she'll be in, we'll have the first woman president. I mean, she could dang near start a war and then just say, hey, you know, this is a re- real woman who won't back down. We're covered. The media's got us covered. We're ready to go. But what I think happened is I think you ended up with Trump getting elected as an outsider, like you're saying. But I think Trump represents a different part of the power structure, and that is the military-industrial complex. No CIA, no analysts, none of the, you know, let's work behind the scenes and manipulate the public, blah, blah, blah. Straight up, generals and military are running the White House at this point. Uh, he slides in without the help of the CIA, without the help of the uh, the fourth branch of the government, a.k.a. the media. And now we have a very militaristic president uh, who is under attack from on all sides by the media, the CIA, and everybody else that really wanted Hillary to, to be put in office. Yeah, I think, I think there's an element of that. 
and as far as uh, political views, I mean, the guy is uh, <laughs> basically you could either say moderate Republican or old school Democrat. Right. Right. And by old school Democrat, I mean like basically Bill Clinton. <laughs> yeah. Like Bill Clinton presidency is is pretty much where his politics are. So all the stuff that I completely disagree with, uh, oh, we can run this thing better and government spending a lot of money is going to fix things and, uh, you know, America can go fix things around the world with our military, this and that, uh, all of which is wrong. But the reason that I'm enjoying this presidency is it's like a never-ending um, explosion of the of the system. Yeah, that's true. And it's the implosion of the the media. Yeah. Not realizing what they're doing. Yes. Yes. Like in their lust yes. to attack Donald Trump, destroying themselves. Yes. It's it's beautiful to watch. Yeah. You're seeing. Uh, Republicans destroy themselves. <laughs> You're seeing the power of a seventy-something-year-old man and the and a Twitter keyboard on his phone. Yeah, <laughs> it's, and and how and, irrelevant the news media becomes overnight because everything's on Twitter or everything's on Reddit or everything's on Facebook, and then it and then the media has to follow up and clean up the next morning and act like they're breaking the news to all the older people who still watch it. <laughs> And the the media is ready to uh, destroy Facebook, <laughs> you know, yeah. the CIA's best program, right? <laughs> um, because they think they're getting at Donald Trump. Yeah, I mean it's it's amazing. It's it's it is amazing. So all all, all kind of the there were you know whether written or unwritten there were rules. You don't attack another network. Um, you know, you don't attack advertisers or anyone that m- might be an advertiser. Um, there was kind of this cronyist sort of capitalist, mainly socialism for a corporation system going on. And um, out of their hatred for Trump, all of it's, you know, getting blown up. Yeah, it's all, it's <laughs> it, all coming down around them. It, it doesn't mean that um, what's coming next is good. Um, I don't see a never-ending rising stock market and the economy that was had totally fraudulent statistics and a system based on unsustainable debt and everything else. Uh, that's going to blow up. Um, but it was it was always going to blow up. It's just blowing up with Trump as the ignition. Sure. So, so, uh, folks behind the radar, behind the scenes, running the world's agenda, blah, blah, blah. I get to listen to your podcast. You guys sort of leave these a chink in the armor. We answered that people fighting. It, he does talk about how, uh, keep everybody fighting and entertained. So they won't, won't understand what's really going on and why so few have so much control. Another question as Christians should, should race play a factor in how one views Trump. Another tactic used by liberals to throw folks off the real issues or is race and race relation uh, valid concerns in 2018? Well, I think uh, between the Obama presidency and the Trump presidency, 
there's certainly been an attempt to, um, you know, I mean, that's what identity politics is. You identify with your little group or people with the same skin color. And, um, you know, I certainly think it's short-sighted for minority groups to try and get everyone to vote a certain way because of the minority group they belong to um, and to expect there not to be a backlash from uh, Caucasians doing the exact same thing, I think was a little bit short-sighted. I mean, but let's remember, this is a country that elected Barack Obama president. Right. Okay. Um, If it were all about race... You know, an African American that represents African Americans are what percentage of the population now? I'm guessing twenty, but I, I don't know. Like, that's a guess. Um, but it's less than it used to be in this country, and there's, <laughs> um, there's some irony in the fact that they they try to lump African Americans in with the Democratic Party, and then say, oh, by the way, you have to go along with all this um, promotion of migrants. You know, no one's illegal. Let everyone in. Everyone has a right to be here. Well, guess what group of people that damages um, the most, if you want to delineate it by, by racial lines? It's definitely hurting black people the most. Um, and yet they're supposed to just hang in there. So when they said, "Mm, you know what, not really a fan of Hillary Clinton, not a fan of Donald Trump, just not going to vote. Maybe I'll vote for third party candidate or just not bother showing up, which, uh, was probably, you know, a significant difference in, um, the Trump election versus the, the Obama elections. Um, and and I certainly can't blame him. So now the, the solution to that is Trump is a racist. All his supporters are racist. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, I think people get sick of that at a certain point, especially when racism is not a part of your uh, daily life, which for most people it's not. Um, you know, I'm sure some people out there would disagree, but. Uh, I certainly didn't see a lot of racism growing up. Um, And the idea that everyone who's white should have to feel guilty, um, eventually there's going to be a backlash to that where people are like, no. And some crazy people out there might have the same rhetoric about their race that uh, other races have about their their race currently and it's celebrated. So well, uh, well said, I think, you know, there was an article that we, I, I read briefly and it is long, 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 but I've already referenced it a couple times in the show. And it, I read it during the episode after Donald Trump got elected. And I think it's called you're still crying wolf. If you search that in our show notes, it'll, it'll pull up, but it, it basically goes through and dials down exactly the percentages of possible racists in America and how much, you know, how, <laughs> how many votes Trump got elected by and shows that, it, you know, it's a it's not a real argument. Um, and it, it, it fascinates me that people really still think it is. 
I, and and this, the narrative changes so much. It's amazing to believe that people still believe any of it. Because I can't figure mm-hmm. out whether the racist elected Trump or Putin did, or if Putin hacked Facebook, <laughs> or if Facebook, you know, if Putin hacked our election, or if Facebook sold our election to was, Trump supporters. The NRA, Tim. The NRA. I mean, the, <laughs> the NRA has got to be the the poorest group of people we're even talking about right now. <laughs> I mean, the, with the least influence. The NRA put him in charge. For what? <laughs> so he could ask a question like maybe we should confiscate guns and yeah. drive up sales? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Um, that, I don't know. So should race play an issue? Uh, we live in the Pacific Northwest. We don't see a lot of it. Of course, everybody's going to say there's racism everywhere. Um, you know, and obviously we're white, so we don't see it maybe as much. But we also don't, we don't really want to feel guilty about doing something that we don't actually do. Uh, and to be clear, neither you or I went out and voted for this guy. <laughs> so it's not like mm-hmm. any any uh, any kind of uh, aligning with him because he's Caucasian. It's so base and insulting that it, it's frustrating that that was what a lot of, um, you know, Americans believed, uh, you know, that uh, black people did with Barack Obama. And that's just sad. It's just base and disappointing and sad that you would vote just because he's black. I mean, it'd be weird for me to vote for Trump just because he's a white man. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I think that's, I think it's possible that there's some people out there that are like that, but I don't think that's the reason he's in office today. I'll just say that. Yeah. And I'll say those people aren't exactly like on the fence between Hillary and Trump. Right. (laughs) They weren't like close. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I tend to think, you know, like the the theory that the people that freak out the most about homosexuality have some sure. latent oh, yeah. uh, homosexual urges. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of that on the race issue, too. The people Absolutely. that are obsessed with it. Absolutely. At yes. some level, yeah. you know, are there's themselves. <laughs> well, and, and that's what they've or, talked about. Or at least, you know. Are, have been so convinced of it that they're, you know, believe they must be racist just because they're white. Well, let's be clear. Let's 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 really nail it down. The Democrats are the most racist among the two parties, and they are constantly pandering and trying to get entire blocks of people to vote for them just based on race, just based on some what? sort of crappy handouts and promises what? of a, of a better future. I mean, it, they are the worst. When, when was the last time a white politician, uh, you know, said vote for me because uh, I'm white, you know, or vote for me because I'm a man and there's a special place that place in hell for a man who doesn't vote for another man? <laughs> you know, I mean, it was so ridiculous. Yeah. Well, it was one of Hillary's cronies, you know. <laughs> That's special place in hell for a woman who doesn't vote for a woman. I've talked about yeah. this numerous times on the show. It's an obscure reference, but I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up just you know one more time, maybe. I'm not going to promise one more time, but uh, I'm, I'm a fan of Outkast, the uh, the hip hop group, and one of my favorite uh, stories is when uh, Big Boy, as he's known as uh, one of the two members, is at an airport the day after the Barack Obama election, <laughs> and this lady turns to him and says, "Congratulations on y'all win last night," and he looks at her, he goes, "Woman, I voted for Gary Johnson." <laughs> 
<laughs> and he's telling this story to a bunch of uh, of, of uh, hip hop people and you know mostly black room at a radio station and the, the silence and awkwardness in the room is palpable as he tells the story. It's just the best. <laughs> It's just like, come on, people, think for yourselves. Don't, 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 don't get taken along. And and that goes, you know, just just so we clear things up. Just like Doctor Future said, that goes for conservative Christians too. Don't be the voting block for uh, for these cronies and morons who uh, who, who swear that they're going to uphold the the values of a of a Christian, uh, you know, government on earth. I mean, that's just it's uh, not a good idea. Never has been. Never will be. No. Yeah, that's that's true. I've got a sad story, a related but a sad story. I'm ready. Um, do you have the Oregonian story up at the top there? I uh, do, yes. Okay. Let's go ahead and... All right, yeah. so this has been oh, all goodness. over the news okay. locally. Yeah. So, um, Oh, shoot. There's this, uh, there's this famous at least locally famous, but somewhat nationally famous photograph. Uh, I was back from, I believe after Ferguson, um, or one of the cop killing, uh, African American incidents. There was protest in Portland and there's this photo of this, uh, white police officer giving this young black kid yeah, a hug. I think that made it nationally. It made yeah. it national. National. So that kid's name is Devante Hart. So he is one of um, six children who were, they were all adopted by the, um, let's get their names here. Uh, Jennifer and her wife's name. So you know, uh, two two white women uh, adopted six black kids. It's like the ultimate Portland family, right? They're going to protest. Um, so here here's this story about them. Um, a former friend of a family whose SUV plunged off a cliff in Northern California last week said she told the Oregon child welfare officials in 2013 that the Hart parents had been depriving their kids of food as punishment, according to the Associated Press. Uh, Alexandra Argyopoulos said in a statement provided to the news organization that she witnessed what I felt to be controlling emotional abuse and cruel punishment toward the six children. My heart is completely broken. The current system failed to protect these children from their abusers. After reporting her concerns in 2013, uh, Argyopoulos said she was told that the Hart children had been interviewed by Oregon officials. It was apparent that each child had been coached by their mothers on what to say, and nothing more could be done by the Oregon Department of Human Services. She said the couple broke off contact with her after she went to Oregon officials. In July 2013, after the Hart family had moved to West Lynn, police responded to a call at their home. Police characterized the call as a State Department of Human Services referral. Last year, shortly after the family moved to Woodland, Washington, neighbors said Hannah Hart showed up at their door wrapped in a blanket and asking for protection, saying she was being abused. More recently, Devante Hart had been asking the same neighbors for food, saying his parents had withheld it as punishment. The request escalated and neighbors contacted authorities. The Washington State Department of Social and Health Services attempted without success to make contact with the Hart family beginning 
March 23rd and a passerby along Highway 1 in Westport, California, called 911 after looking down a 100-foot embankment and seeing an SUV upside down on the rocky shoreline three days later. Five people, the Hart parents, and three of their children were found dead. Authorities continued to search for the family's three other children. So, what apparently happened uh, is... And one of the mothers had been convicted in a different state of abusing children. Um, you know, would she have been allowed to adopt more children if she wasn't part of a trendy same-sex marriage in, in Oregon? I don't know. That's a good, good question. Uh, would child welfare... Uh, in Oregon and Washington have responded a little quicker if it had been a man accused of the abuse instead of two women. Oof. I, Oof. I, I don't know, but I, 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 I do. Yeah. On, on, on grounds that I live in Washington and have dealt with some issues in Washington state. I, I will, I will say that I will lean heavily towards that answer being yes. yes. So these, so what, they made contact with them, which, you know, maybe would have resulted in nothing. None of the other contacts they had with the, the state system resulted in them taking the kids away or anything like that. Um, they loaded them in the car, drove them down the coast, and drove off a cliff. Um, and I think most likely the three missing kids, they just haven't recovered their bodies. I mean, it's in the ocean the tide probably carried him out, but the the cops that investigated the scene um, almost immediately were like, you know, there's no sign of breaking. You know, the, they've got the satellite data from the car that shows it basically pulled over, sat there for a while, and then gunned it off the cliff. You know, the car was revved up and shot off the cliff. So thirty seconds. 30-second side note, there is such a thing as a vehicular CSI person, and we actually had one visit our dealership or whatever, so they can tell. <laughs> they can yeah. find out if a car breaks, what what happened right. before. Anyway, so. And the, the um, they're, they've come to the conclusion this was intentional. Which is it was, it was absolutely heartbreaking. Absolutely yeah. heartbreaking. So, I mean... <sighs> I'm just saying, you know, people are falling, people screw up, but the the kind of message out there that, you know, everything's about race or everything's, you know, evil males holding everyone down and, oh, if only women were in charge, things would be so much better. I mean, it's it's a blatantly false narrative, even though it's kind of accepted as gospel out there. So that's... You know, that's part of the reason for the Trump election. It's part of part of the reason for the the backlash is just people don't appreciate that uh, that point of view because they they see that it's false. That they they know just because you're going to get demonized for doing something, um, all that's accomplished uh, was people voted for Trump quietly. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, yeah, couldn't agree, couldn't agree more. That's a really sad end of that story. That that boy, yeah. the very very adorable boy, Devonte, 
yeah. he's all over the place. He's at that. He's at the the that was the uh, well, the rally yeah. after uh, the kid from Missouri got killed. I don't know why. It's just it's Tra- Trayvon Martin, right? Yeah, and then they they were also at like a Bernie Sanders rally. Oh, they, and I mean they, they went were, to all the rallies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, lots of outrage. You know, they had lots of outrage at the horrible Donald Trump and, and company there. Meanwhile, they're starving. And uh, it wasn't in that story, but she um, grabbed one, her daughter by the neck and held her underneath ice cold bath water as punishment. It's pretty close to waterboarding there. Sometimes didn't feed, you know, also didn't feed them. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, you know, other circumstances you hear about parents getting their baby taken away because they didn't want to shoot them up with vaccines. So that's wow. It's not as not as trendy. Well, I guess it's becoming more trendy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got to go to the Sinclair story, man. I think this was uh, an amazing story on several levels. Um, do you have any Sinclair stations up there? Well, you know, I don't know if we do. Do you? Do you guys have any? Portland does, yeah. Portland. The ABC affiliate is Sinclair. Okay. KATU Channel 2. All right. I should probably look that up and see if we have any. Uh, for those of you that don't know, and, this... And by, by the way, mm-hmm. not a conservative station. Shut <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. Yeah, shocking as a Portland, uh, as a local Portland station. (laughs) It's not the one that Bill O'Reilly was was on, but (laughs) back in the day. Hi, I'm Fox San Antonio's Jessica Headley. And I'm Ryan Wolf. Our Our greatest greatest responsibility is to to serve serve our our Treasure Valley communities. The El Paso, Las Cruces communities. Eastern Iowa communities. Mid-Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS4 News produces. But we are concerned about trouble and trying to be responsible. One-sided news stories plaguing our country. Plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 Yes, yes it is. <laughs> it is extremely dangerous to our democracy. So apparently this is this is the media that we watch these days owned by an overlord 
the corporate overlord. As a matter of fact, I have another thing in the in the folder here. We'll go to a, a trusted news source, America's most trusted news source. And no, I don't mean the onion. I mean John Oliver. Dan Rather. <laughs> news anchors looking into a camera and reading a script handed down by a corporate overlords. Uh by by a corporate overlord. Words meant to obscure the truth, not to elucidate it. This isn't journalism. It's propaganda. It's Orwellian. And it's a slippery slope to how despots wrest power, silence dissent, and oppose the masses. Uh, excuse me, oppress the masses. Yeah, because there is no dissent going on currently in this country. None. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was interesting, my good friend. I thought Man, the, uh, the whole thing was interesting. Le, like let, me t- let me tell you what. It, was that a propaganda win by Donald Trump on the, the term fake news or what? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because remember, it, it started out fake news was brought out by CNN as, hey, f- people shared fake news on Facebook, and that's why Donald Trump won. And he started calling them fake news. And now a statement that's read. Um, oh, yeah. That says, you know, hey, we don't do fake news here. That that doesn't mention really anything else is assumed to be defending Donald Trump and bashing mainstream news outlets. Like that is just conceding uh, the the propaganda war over the term fake news to Donald Trump. Yeah, it's just it's a concession. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I say, you know, I'd still view him kind of as an outsider, but mainly an outsider that the CIA didn't want in. Those are the powers that be the guys who pull the strings behind the scene, who have control over the news media. Those are the ones who wanted Hillary Clinton in. And those are the ones who are, you know, put, you know, creating leaks, leaking stuff to the media, blowing up stories, trying everything they possibly can to keep him being a bad person constantly in the in the news so they can get an election on, you know, 2018. Pretty soon you won't be able to find any negative stories out there about Donald Trump. <laughs> I I It'd mean just like on, North just, Korea. Just give me a second though. For just how amazing is this Sinclair thing? Whether it has anything to do with Trump or not, it's it's pretty amazing. Um, that we that somebody went out, caught them all reading the same thing. Well, I mean, you can you can catch local stations repeating the same, you know, whether it's a paid story for a particular product. Come on, Andrew, just give me. Come on, this is not cool. I mean, word for word, the same statement. I mean, that's it's it's creepy, man. It's creepy. Whether it has anything to do with Trump or not, that's creepy. We've hit a new weird level for the American news system. Oh, I would say it's definitely not new, though. Okay, maybe that's maybe that's a good point. Maybe it's a, just a new revelation to me that this is how how it works. I mean, when everyone um, simultaneously decides to describe the same speech as dark, like you're telling me there's no memo going out there? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to mention this story, and it's actually, you know, it's a, definitely a segue to a, something different. It's a hard segue. But do, way back when, we did do interviews. Do you remember that? We did a, we did a few. It was the early, yeah. early episodes and the first 100 episodes before we really kind of realized that we were better off, you know, by ourselves in our own little crazy corner. 
And I interviewed a guy who was one man uh, PR agency, PR department, uh, for a very small startup called DuckDuckGo. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah, it's kind of cool. We actually had the, the public guy come on. We just asked him. It was shortly after the Snowden leaks. And now, I mean, they've hit the big time. Single-handedly, that interview expanded their company 55%. <laughs> I don't think that's true at all. <laughs> but I, I, it's really neat that I, I, thought it was, I thought it was a good product. I started to get into it. I, I called the guy. You know, one guy got back to me and said, sure, I'd love to do a podcast, get the word out. And here we are. Uh, we we did it, you know. And now, gosh, when was that? I should look it up. Well, our archives have all been lost to history. I'm, I slowly need to start putting all those back up because people are probably looking back like, uh, the only episode, this only goes back to, you know, episode 149. But uh, no, it doesn't. It goes back all the way to episode one. It's just that, remember we, remember the guy lost? <laughs> we should have started with like a thousand. We should have started, this is episode 1300. <laughs> Revelations like, Radio News. Like they like you do with your checkbook, right? Like, do you want to start with yeah. 100 or do you want to start with a thousand? Ah, let's start with 1100. Let's just make it real. Yeah. So start <laughs> start that way. No, but I, I do need to go back. We do have a whole bunch of archives out there. Uh, I need to load them up and get them going. We we lost our whole website. This was, this was a tough year a couple of years ago. We lost the whole website, and then shortly after that, we didn't do a show for like a whole year. So this podcast is still here. Uh, love it or hate it, here we are. Uh, but way back when. Uh, I will at least go back and find this episode this week and repost that one. So it'll go like 159, then it'll go all the way back to like 32. Uh, but here we go. Duck Duck Go grew 55% in 2017 with over 15 million private searches a day. As we start 2018, we're proud to look back on a banner year for Duck Duck Go. 55% growth in daily private searches, 400,000 in donations. What did they search for? Where were those searches coming from? What? Sorry, little joke there. Oh. <laughs> what did they search for? <laughs> Where did they come from? <laughs> uh, 400,000 in donations to privacy organizations, new major partnerships with Samsung and Brave, and a lot of privacy education, all in service of our vision to raise the standard of trust online. Uh, Brave is actually a pretty good browser. I've been using it a little bit lately. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, one of the guys spun off from uh, Mozilla, and just started a web uh, a browser called Brave, and they was just... it the guy that got booted out because he it came out that he gave money in support of traditional marriage. That's a great question. That's actually literally a great question, but I don't know. In 2017, people all over the world were greeted with nearly daily reminders in the news that elsewhere that their personal information isn't safe online. As a result, privacy continued its growth, growing relevance among mainstream audiences, and people came to DuckDuckGo in search of, pun intended, peace of mind. Here, here they found an improved search that kept people coming back with a continued focus on relevancy, especially in local news results. There were just some of the driving factors behind our best year to date with nearly 6 billion private searches. That's up to 50, that's up 50% from 4 billion in 2016. Uh, 36% of all searches uh, ever entered in DuckDuckGo in our 10-year lifespan were conducted in 2017 alone. We started last year averaging about 12 million private searches daily and ended the year about 19 million with an increase of 55%, averaging 15 million private searches for the year. As this growth has enabled us to support more privacy initiatives than ever before, 
uh, with donations totaling 400000 to privacy advocate organizations, including Freedom of the Press Foundation, World Privacy Forum, Open Whisper Systems, Privacy Rights Clearinghouse, Tor Project, the ETF. 2017 was the seventh uh, year of making privacy donations, and we're already gearing up for a bigger 2018. So, anyway, that is uh, it's a pretty cool story, man. Uh, and pretty cool that we actually talked to him you know, early on. So, I yeah. like it. Okay, um, moving on. Uh, did you want to go anywhere in particular? Um, Not really. No, we kind of got a a late start, so we're kind of running short on time. But understood, uh, understood. So um, you know something interesting I did uh, last couple weeks ago. Well, first off, I am actually wearing a propaganda T-shirt. Uh, from Propaganda, the rap artist, the Christian rap artist from the Humble Beast, um, Humble Beast record label. Uh, okay. Do they, they still call them record labels? That's a, do, do they put they put things. Well, on, they're making records again, man. I guess that's true. They're putting things on wax. Anyway, uh, humblebeast.com, but they are a uh, great outfit. They're actually at, uh, down there in Portland. They produce uh, free Christian music uh, and put it out there for free for anybody to listen to but uh, one of the founders Sounds like an amazing business model but they uh, ask for uh, people to give donations oh okay so it's a 501c3 Christian organization that's probably the way to do it because yeah people don't they don't think they should have to buy music anymore it's true so they basically just give music away for free and ask for support uh for either by buying their their clothing or by mm. by don't making donations to them or whatever but anyway this shirt says uh, republican with the empty box beside it democrat with an empty box beside it and then awake with the box beside it with a giant red check mark nice so on the back it says humble beast on the bottom it says propaganda so it, I, even in even in liberal land up here, people love this shirt. So uh, that is the shirt I'm wearing. Last week, my intro to the show, I said I'm debating whether or not to activate a Google phone, and that was actually true. I did activate a Google phone. So um, I wanted to uh, just discuss that briefly on the show, and then get other people's feedback. Because Andrew, do you have a smartphone? No, no. So this will be a. Uh, a really intri- th- intriguing segment for you. A good conversation well, I, back and forth. I actually really liked the um, Adam Curry pager idea. <laughs> so I, I might be headed in that direction. Oh my gosh. The beginning of that show where he rambles on for 30 minutes about a pager. And then he says he's going to do a cayenne pepper cleanse. And John C. Dvorak just goes... Is, is Tina still around? <laughs> Dude, I was doing the dishes. I'm not. I'm not kidding. Not exaggerating <laughs> at all when I say that I laughed for probably two minutes after I said that by myself doing the dishes like eleven o'clock at night, just dying laughing. <laughs> like I almost started crying. Oh man. Um. So yeah, I just. There's one thing, the one thing that, there's very, actually many things. It was a bad time for me and for Apple over the last several months. And I think the reason is 
Uh, my phone was old, and I'm getting. It needs to be like upgraded here fairly soon, I guess, uh, because it's two or three years old, which is in smartphone years, just like decades. Um, but uh, as the year started, that whole thing broke about Apple purposely slowing down the you know software, and they were doing it because batteries were old and everything else. And I just felt weird about that, and then I just thought, hey. No, I would like to try something else and see what else there is out there. Uh, so, and anyway, I end up uh, just thinking like, okay, you know, this is, I'm not going to, you know, also the new iPhone was like over a thousand dollars, which is crazy. So there's just a lot of reasons where I was kind of frustrated. Like, should I try something else? And one of the most frustrating reasons is everybody who has an iPhone, it's like a cult. It's literally like leaving a cult. If you get anything other than an iPhone, people like panic. They're like, why would you do that? No, you can't. iPhones are the best phones. They are the best phones. But those same people don't know anything else about any other operating system or how it works or even what's offered. They just keep saying it's the best phone without knowing anything about it. So anyway, I activated an Android phone and uh, it's been it's been kind of cool. You can do a lot more with it. It feels more like a computer, if that makes any sense, than... uh, than a uh, the iPhone does. It feels more like a home computer, like you could do more with it. Um, it's kind of cool. You can actually do a lot more stuff with it, like run a Tor browser through it, or you know, there's a secure message apps that you can download that are encrypted on both ends that you can send back and forth. Um, anyway, I just uh, it's been uh, it's been it's been interesting to kind of basically coming up to the end of my trial period here if i don't return it by monday i guess i have to buy it so anyway i just wanted to put it out there to everybody uh that i would like to hear your input on android versus ios and uh which one you prefer yeah no one's had that debate before uh i'm asking uh our our (laughs) listeners that's all our listeners which one you don't you don't think our listeners are on on the no smartphone side of things? No. I don't think very many people are. That's probably true. I don't I don't think very many people are. Uh I th- I thought Adam Adam's rant was disturbing. I mean, I hear him. I understand that a pager is kind of cool and then you, you can't be tracked, but it's uh it's a, it's a like I literally could do my job without a cell phone. Like I could. I could do it. But I think I would actively lose out on money if I did hmm. my job in particular so it is what it is yeah nobody's had the Android versus iOS debate before so I just wanted to hear what our listeners had to say about it and what their thoughts were about privacy and obviously I think Apple at least claims that they're in your best interest for privacy I don't think Google does um, but you know, there's a lot more secure apps you can actually use on Android that you can... iOS is definitely a walled garden in it. It's very limiting. Um, there's a lot uh, more ability to... Like, running stuff through Tor proxies and stuff has been pretty fun. I'm trying to read an article from the Seattle Times. And it's like, we don't allow people from Ukraine to read from this website. <laughs> like, that's pretty cool. So, anyway, uh, now that I've totally lost my uh, flip phone toting uh, co-host... Any other things you want to touch on before we uh, kind of start to wrap it up here? Well, but you know, before you, uh, uh, did you ever watch any episodes of the show Hunted? It was um, a reality show on CBS. No, but I remember you telling me about it. Yeah. 
I don't think they're bringing that thing back. <laughs> no, probably not. Uh, let's see. Yeah, because I don't know. It it's you know who cares about the reality of um, the competition itself. But the reality of the technology that is available um, should have freaked people out. I mean, the ability to log into basically any intersection, you know, to the cameras that are present there, um, to track any phone, uh, listen into any phone. There's nothing creepier than your location history on your phone. Yeah. There's nothing creepier than that. But it, but all available uh, in real time as well. Yeah. No, I I, 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 I totally get it. Any um, and this is one I never really thought of because um, I knew there was a camera at every ATM, but in my mind I'm thinking it's just like part of the security system, right? No, that's a a grid that um, law enforcement has access to can log into any of those cameras okay that at any time so so what I, was what was your point about ios versus android like wh- i mean i understand what you're saying but like what is not having a smartphone going to help you in a grid like this how is it going um, to help you? well i'm saying if you i re- no, let's not let's not get it wrong either i respect your choice i'm just asking a question well no i'm I guess I'm saying it takes a lot more than just not having a smartphone to get off the grid. Aha, uh-huh. I understand. That's so, what you're saying. Which you you've made that point previously. You know, like yes, they can track any regular cell phone too, which is is true. That's why I'm saying you know the, the pager. <laughs> <laughs> I had one, man. Did you have one? No, I had one. I was like the cool uh, thing in like the you know the '90s. So. Uh, no, I I got my first cell phone, uh, two thousand four or so. No, I, I actually I took a big break myself. Uh, but but in the uh, in the late nineties, my dad thought it would be a good a good way to keep track of me anyway. So I like I voiced some like, hey, somebody got a pager, and all of a sudden my dad was just like, Hark, what? I can page you, and you'll I'll make you call me because I have to buy you this device. Yes, yes, <laughs> you will own. So like he like went out and got me one like within that week. I was like, oh, this is cool. And I remember uh, <laughs> I had a girlfriend at the time. And we could send each other like secret messages, of, you know, turn the numbers upside down and you could see what it said. <laughs> and, uh, but then after that, I ended up leaving, you know, you know, joining them, like run away from home, join the military. And then I don't have a phone for like a long time. I didn't have it forever, um, for a lot longer than all my friends. Uh, I was actually in 2002. I've gotten to uh, a rather life altering uh, altercation with somebody waiting to use a payphone because I still <laughs> didn't have a cell phone and then uh, yeah I think I actually got mine around 2004 was my first cell phone 2004 or 5 and then I held off f- for a while because three years later 2007 is the first iPhone I held off for a while I did the you know the best I could to not get a smartphone uh, until I kind of, you know, finally, I think actually, no, I didn't even purchase it. It was given to me. It's like crack, Andrew. Once it's given to you, it's all over mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. But I got it in uh, 2012. 
And I, I remember talking to James about it and just being like, this is weird. He's like, yes, you're going to hate it and you're going to love it. Like all of a sudden you're going to see, I can do everything I can do for my computer and my hand. Then you'll learn to hate it too. So, <laughs> um, anyway, my, I just, I don't know, man, it just, we've reached a certain point in history where it used to be kind of cool to have an Apple iPhone and maybe it still is, but I, I am nothing annoys me more than people saying that they're just the best and they don't know anything about what else is going on around them. And, uh, there's some cool stuff you can do, you know, kind of customizing and making your own private uh, smartphone as private in all in all quotes uh, smartphone via, you know, downloading apps or side loading things and stuff like well, that. Well, yeah, you just can't do it if you have the Facebook app on your phone. Yeah, I definitely don't. I never have actually. <laughs> Just so we're clear, I've never had a Facebook app on any of my phones. I always thought it was a horrible idea. I still can't believe people do it. I'm serious. I'm not even joking. That's not like, ha-ha, Tim's so right. smart. I'm dead serious. I never put it on a smartphone. Not once, not ever. I mean, I guess it's not hard to believe I didn't even have it for the last three or four years. And, man, I came back just in time to watch this baby burn. Is it weird that nobody's talking about it on Facebook? Or do you think they're just editing that out of my feed? Oh, they're talking about it on Facebook. But I don't see it. Like, maybe it's just not the people that Facebook yeah, is deemed I worthy for me I, to see. I see a lot of Facebook hate on Facebook. Okay. I think, so, I think I haven't interacted with so many of the same people that you interact with in so long that I'm just on, like, some, like, alternate universe feed where it's, like, you know, that guy I worked with at Walmart and when I was 16. <laughs> My friend stationed mm-hmm. in Djibouti. And, like, a whole bunch of uh, friends and... and uh, Friends, wives uh, from high school who you know take pictures of their new house, baby, and food they're eating today. I mean, that's, oh yeah, it's like constant. I, I'm telling you, you hit like on one baby picture, and it's all over. That's it. That's it. That's a wrap for you. I have <laughs> babies, one. babies, I have, babies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, which you know, it once you have a baby. You like seeing pictures of babies. You do like seeing them a little yeah. bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's and a- advertising with babies, like you know, never made any sense before. It's like, oh yeah, of course I want to buy that because I like babies too. Babies reminds babies. me of my own child. Um, the YouTube shooter that I guess everybody knows about that. We don't have to cover it probably too much. Very strange. Any just initial thoughts on that one? Lone Wolf. Uh, a crazy YouTuber. Yeah. Crazy YouTuber who had been demonetized. So YouTube is, they're cracking down more on it. Remember when, remember when crazy YouTubers just included Jordan Maxwell and Chris White? Well, so, (laughs) (laughs) but, there's a lot of factors at play, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, first of all, how in the world have you watched her videos? No. Did some of those videos have 350,000 views? Oh my gosh. I'm thinking, I'm thinking it was all click farm stuff. Interesting. Interesting. Like, that's a good, that's, you know, a, that's a good way to make a living if you can get that many click farmers. Well, I, I'm not saying that she was doing it. Right. Or that she, I think she really thought her videos were amazing. And, oh, well, there's another 300,000 people watching my video. And 
wait, now not so many are watching. What's wrong? Because it's, I mean, you do kind of have to see some of them. They're, they are kind of, they're out there. She's a crazy YouTuber. Um, But for a while, it was just like, wink, wink, uh, crazy white guy, you know, probably mad about YouTube taking off all the gun videos. That was kind of the right. the narrative. Um, then it's like, oh, it was a female, but it was a, clearly just a domestic thing. And then it was, oh, it's a white woman. I saw that descriptor. It's like, well, you know, is is that the best description you can do of someone of Iranian descent? Like, you know, white woman? Uh, it was... It was interesting to to watch the way it was covered. Sad story for the people involved, obviously. Um, and I, I think if I owned a um, tech company in Silicon Valley, I would probably invest heavily in security. No kidding. Because every once in a while, the online craziness spills over to real life craziness, and that's—I mean, she was, she was, pretty nuts. So, yeah. And if, if her father's story is accurate, he called up. They filed the missing persons report, and. Um, he suspected it was unclear. Like, did he look into her internet search history and see maps of anyway? So figures out, calls the area by YouTube, the nearest, you know, police department says, I think she's, you know, mad at YouTube. She keeps saying YouTube wants to ruined her life. And they find her at two in the morning in a parking lot in a car. They call him up and say, oh, it's fine. We found her. Oh, she's fine. We'll keep an eye on her. And then she shoots up the place the next day. (laughs) Which, um, if accurate, is another kind of, uh, you know, episode of the ball being dropped by police. It's always dropped. They're always warmed and they never do anything. It's, It's, you can always, I'm just surprised the FBI is not involved somehow. Well, I we'll see if the if the dad's been a long time FBI informant. That <laughs> wouldn't shock me. So yeah, um, I was just checking Black Rifle Coffee. It looks like they still have most of their videos up. I'm currently watching one that has him talking about coffee and a woman holding a sawed-off shotgun. So I mean, they're they're not all gone. <laughs> <laughs> they were the first. Yeah. They were the first people I thought of when I heard Black Rifle, or I heard that the, they're taking gun videos off YouTube. I thought, what? How many of those are they going to take off? I wonder and, if it's because it's veiled in the uh, in the uh, theater of it being uh, veterans. You know, a lot of a lot of camo, a lot of actual like tactical uh, gear in the show, maybe or in this in these commercials. I wonder why. Well. You know, they almost need to invent a system where people can place advertising where they want it. Like, I want my advertising to go on this channel. 
Well, see, that's the crazy part is is that Facebook actually was that for a long time. The right. had the Black Rifle Coffee guy, I talked to him early on, and he said he was able to target exactly who he wanted to see it, and he could mm-hmm. hit. He could literally just advertise, pay all of his advertising and money to Facebook to hit just veterans to the age of forty five, mm-hmm. and that's who he wants. Me, and he nailed me, He nailed it. Meanwhile, on YouTube. <laughs> My my daughter is sitting there watching a, uh, oh, be you know, careful, man! A Berenstain Bears episode uh, aimed at children her age of four, and the commercial pops on, and it's for the NRA. <laughs> <laughs> like, really? <laughs> is is Google just like taking the NRA's ad money and just like, all right, we're dumping it all onto kid stuff? <laughs> We, you know what? You know what? It's funny to me. Every video I go to watch on uh, YouTube over the last couple of weeks has been, uh, "Hey, want to connect with more people? Try Facebook." <laughs> Seriously, I must have seen eight Facebook ads in the last week. Like they're doubling down their efforts. Like, hey, it's not a bad leak. We're we're good. Yeah, we're yeah. Facebook's still cool. <laughs> I'll end this. I hate to end this on this note, but I, I have we have to have to have to cover the story. Police are legally seizing guns under red flag laws here in Seattle. Seattle police are enforcing the legal seizure of guns from residents believed to be a danger to themselves or others. Dan Springer reports live from Seattle. Alex McKenzie, a 31-year-old Army veteran who, according to court documents, is being treated for post-traumatic stress disorder, recently had his gun confiscated by the Seattle Police Department, even though he had committed no crime. It's one of 27 guns legally uh, seized by the Seattle Police Department from 16 individuals since July under Washington State's new Extreme Risk Protection Order Law. McKenzie has been acting strange, glaring at customers of his pizza restaurants while carrying a handgun. He now agrees with the firearm seizure. I'm grateful the police took my gun away from me, McKenzie told him. Sounds like a real quote. Yeah. <laughs> Washington is one of the six states with high risk, high risk or red flag laws. But in the wake of Parkland shooting, the Brady campaign says at least 30 states are considering them. I think we're seeing building consensus in blue states and red states that this is a good way to balance public safety against people's Second Amendment rights. Whose Second Amendment right is it? <laughs> yeah. It's, I thought it was the Second Amendment was the... A law telling the government they shall not infringe upon the rights. The natural right to keep and bear arms. Oh, hold on a second. Now we're now we're seeing this. Guns are removed for one year, but there's due process. Only family, roommates, and police can petition the court for the civil order. The burden of proof is on the petitioner. A judge determines if the person is able is a danger to himself or others. In order to be issued, the guns can be seized. Anyway, I just thought, holy cow, that's something uh, to keep an eye on here in the the great the great Northwest, the great the great society of the great Northwest we have up here. Man, what a slanted story! There's literally no quote or interview of person who's remotely against it, and that's coming from. Uh, Fox News Channel. Yeah, it came through on Fox News. <laughs> oh, yeah, no downside. No, even the even the person who had his gun taken away I'm agrees glad. with it. I'm, 
I'm glad that the police took my money away. I mean, guns. <laughs> yes. Well, money too, but. Uh, I think that's it, man. We got to end on something higher. No, I got even a more darker, a darker story than that to end on. Did you hear about the uh, Google should not be in the business of war? A bunch no. of a bunch of Googlers are uh, wrote an open letter. We believe that Google should not be in the business of war. Therefore, we ask that Project Maven be canceled and that Google draft, publicize, and enforce a clear policy stating that neither Google nor its contractors will ever build warfare technology. So apparently, the U.S. Department of Defense is working on drone software, and Google's helping them out with a project called Project Maven. And Project Maven... Uh, is basically, according to what I've deduced from this, Google's response, an important part of our culture is having employees who are actively engaged in the work that we do. We know that there are many open questions involved in the use of new technologies, so these conversations with employees and outside experts are heavily and hugely important and beneficial. Gosh, that's a PR first paragraph if there ever was one. Maven is a well-publicized DOD project. Have you heard of it? No. Okay. So you probably would be onto this quicker than most people, right? Like, I don't know, your wife, my wife, or anybody you work with. It's not like in in situ is is uh, building drones like two miles from here. They are the predator drones. Yeah, in oh. situ is one of the big drone oh, makers. Great. Yeah, it's a well publicized DoD project, and Google is working on one part of it, specifically scoped to be for non offensive purposes and using open source object recognition software available to any Google Cloud customer. The models are based on unclassified data only. The technology is used to flag images for human review and is intended to save lives and save people from having to do highly tedious work. Any military use of machine learning naturally raises valid concerns. We're actively engaged across the company in a comprehensive discussion, an important topic, and also with outside experts as we continue to develop our policies around the development and use of our machine learning technologies. Uh, so I happen to have the newest Google phone and I know exactly what this project is doing. So this phone, if you have, uh, the, the camera app in this phone, if you take a picture of something, you can actually ask the phone or push a button and the phone will identify what it is and then give you like a a Wikipedia source or show you a link that you could buy the, you know, buy the object or whatever. So if you were at a, uh, like I took a picture of my car, for instance, and it gave me a Wikipedia. Here's this is what kind of car this is, and this is when it came out, or whatever. Um, but if you take pictures of other things, you know, you can find out when you can buy it, or like national monuments, it'll tell you what those are. So I think that's the software where it, it it's basically collecting a database of all of the objects in the world, and I hmm. think that that's what it's they're using it for. That and they, just like Apple and every other phone manufacturer at this point, uh, have facial recognition software. And so when they put pictures into the cloud, whether it's iCloud or Google, you know, photos or whatever, you know, have the you know, storage system you may use, even Dropbox had one. They'll do a facial recognition uh, software. Do you want to activate it? You say yes or no. And if you say yes, it'll immediately group all your photos into groups of, you know, different photos of this person, you know. So, interesting. Google working on facial recognition software for drones. (laughs) What could go wrong? Nothing nothing wrong there. So, um, Andrew Hoffman. 
I feel like we have gone through at least 5% of the stories in the folder. We've definitely covered a lot of information in this podcast, though. Do you have any words of wisdom, things for us to live by in the upcoming week? Um, never bet against the left-handers at Augusta. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I guess uh, that's really good. That's really good. It's a great words of wisdom, my friend. Um, I will. Uh, what will I say of my words if I had it? Go, go, Bubba. Go. <laughs> that's my master's pick, Bubba Watson. Bubba Watson. Okay, very cool. So it starts tomorrow. It does. Yeah. I'll try. And, I'll try and keep an eye on it, man. I like. I like knowing about it and keeping up with it. I think you're one of the only ones. I mean, of course, you were a walk-on. I think I was. We were talking about it recently, but I'm, maybe, maybe the uh, the sport I should steer my rambunctious son in the direction of is golf. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you passed along foot speed, like for maybe. someone who's slow, golf is a good choice it, because speed yeah. does not matter. But yeah. Yeah, Depends. it might be a bad a, a waste. Not of, many, not many speed. concussions in golf yes. unless unless you get hit with a ball from a long distance. But yeah. well, the child does not walk anywhere. He runs full blast every like he just after he learned how to run as opposed to walk. Like, why would you walk anymore? Like, there's no maybe there's no, uh, there's no reason at all. Speed golf. <laughs> is that a thing? It is a thing. Yeah, they had the national championships in Oregon last year. So, like, so you, you're, you're timed as well. Yeah. So you, you're, eight, you know, eighteen holes, and and the more strokes you have, the more it adds on to your time. So you're penalized Interesting. for Interesting. you know, and just basically so, who finishes first. And the yeah, people. Um, I think a good time is right around thirty minutes for eighteen holes. Oh my gosh. And people shoot like in the low seventies. Oh my god! <laughs> even even you know running between shots. So that's it's pretty impressive if you're in good enough shape to. That's amazing. Because it, um, ah uh, maybe now it's got to be longer than that because a, a eighteen hole golf course. It's got to be. It's got. It's, it's like got to be an hour. Miles. Yeah, it's got to be an hour. Maybe a little. So more. yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, but. Uh, I, uh, yeah, speed you off. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, that's that's some some good words of wisdom. Um, I wish I had something something bigger to say, but it, it seems like no data is safe out there. So choose wisely. Whether it's Google, Facebook, iPhone, or a pager. You gonna go with a Motorola, buddy? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, people are busy. Weighing in on iOS versus Android, they can let me know what type of pager I should be looking at. <laughs> let's get let's get some donations rolling in. I think we'll need all of like I don't know two. We can just buy Andrew a pager. It'd be great for the show. Just, <laughs> just see what we can do. Yeah. I did go and uh, since all this stuff is leaked, I went and downloaded my entire Google history and my entire Facebook history and my entire Apple history. Oh really? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. We can cover that next time, but you just kind of you can see what everybody knows and what they don't know, and it's uh, maybe a story for next week. But uh, yeah, yeah, you should uh, send me to the links of how to do that. I'd be curious. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I will email that it, to you l- later. I'm kind of curious, like, on the Google history, because I've used a lot of different computers, so I'm curious how well it knows, you know, without a Google login that oh, I'm using. Oh, see, I don't think it's going to, that's going to be interesting. I don't think you could download your Google data without a, without an account. I'll find out for you, though, buddy. Okay. I'll find out for you, and if there is a link, I'll send it to you. But uh, Apple download doesn't make any sense, and you know how to do the Facebook download, right? I can figure it out, but yeah, I haven't done it. But. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. So, Anyway, everybody, uh, email me at revelationsradionews.com. You could just go there, click on the contact tab, and then you could say, Tim, you're insane. Get rid of your smartphone. Tim, you're insane. Go back to Apple or Tim. Here's some good stuff for Android. Got a couple days before I got to make the the big decision. Um, It's a uh, weird and crazy world we live in these days. So it's like, which monitoring device do I want to keep? Yes. (laughs) As I sit right beside my microchipped dog. She's like, I didn't have a choice. Anyway. (laughs) All right. I'll talk to you guys next week. copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the contact tab or support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com. And thank you for your support of this podcast. 